0: You know what's good is being in church, looking at faces. Amen. Now look, I've got no gripe about uh, uh, watching the TV and doing all that stuff. That's, that's that's sometimes if that's all you got, it's all you got. Yeah. Amen. However, there's nothing like looking at people's faces in the house of God. Amen. Isn't it good? Well, like the pastor said, uh, you'll notice motor home over here. Well, today we've we worked for hours on that thing because uh, I came in here last night. I've been driving all day in the rain. I was tired. Didn't set it up right. Come on. You, sometimes when it's your own fault, you just got to say, I'm sorry, Lord. It's my fault. And so this morning I said, no, I'm going to redo it. Pastor showed up. Thank God he showed up. I don't know how I'd have done it without him. So me and him and Joanna were out there in the rain most of the time messing with that motorhome. I got it stuck not once but twice. I'm good. When I get it stuck, I get it stuck right. 33,000 pounds. Well, not counting the car and trailer, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of weight out there. And I said, "There's no way we can get." It. So we started praying. All three of us did. And I'm going to tell you, folks, if you don't believe in angels, you should have been out there with us. There was angels pushing that coach. Am I right, Pastor? Because there's—I just thought there's no way we're going to move this thing. It was stuck so bad it was almost to the wheel. Couldn't see the tire. Thirty-three thousand pounds, honey. That's stuck. <laughs> But angels, and pastor was pushing that motor home. <laughs> Joanna, I, I had to tell you, Joanna's back there laughing. As he, he's got his shoulder against it, man. But it was those angels that did it. Then I got it stuck again. Well, here they came again because we prayed again. Amen? Come on. And uh, we're going to believe that whether anybody, you know, uh, I, I can go into this angel deal and real quick, I'm telling you, right? I, it, it, how many people have seen angels? Raise your hand. Hallelujah. Yeah. yeah. How many people have not seen angels? How many people believe in angels? Hallelujah. That's what I want to see. He showed me one, that, and I'm telling you right now, I could not speak about it for three days. That was the most beautiful thing I have ever laid my eyes on, ever, ever. About 20 feet high, it was, it was It was just, I still get cold chills thinking about that. Couldn't think of it. I start crying. It was beautiful. Hard to explain. Amen? So um, uh, Joanna had preached a, a sermon, and she preached on miracles. And she said something that I want to leave you with right, and we're going to get her up here and Preach the word. Amen. What she said about miracles or miracles can never be understood, only be accepted. Oh, think of that a minute. I'm going to say it one more time because I love this. Miracles can never be understood, only accepted. had a guy ask me, how did he do that? speaking of the Lord, and I said, I don't really worry too much about that. I just watch him do it. Come on. Amen. I love it. People ask us, why do you say it's fun doing your job? Because it is. Yeah. You get somebody out there and, to come up here and get prayer, and they're hurting, and, and God heals them. Yeah. Honey, I don't care what you call it. That's fun. Yeah. And they walk out of here praising the Lord healed. Amen. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, uh, instruct you again, if you need prayer for something after she gets through preaching, be sure and hang around. Amen? All right. Now let's get Joanne up here and see what she has for us because there's no telling.
1: <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo! It's great to be back here. Amen. I'm telling you, we did, I, I always look forward to being here, and I really attribute the fact that uh not only has been a lot of prayer for revival in this place and in the places but i said it was the churches who came together i really believe that you churches coming together is what brought that because there's a lot of churches will not come together in fact they even tell their people sometimes don't go to somebody else's if they're having revival we'll have it here sometime but don't they'll even tell that to people and There's not that fear of that. It's like, let's go have church. That's what I grew up in. In fact, whenever a revival would end or what they would call a camp meeting, they would say, okay, who has the next one? Because people were so hungry, they didn't want to stop. And that was like six weeks to two months they were doing that. And they wanted to know where the next one was. Amen. That's what happened at Ruth Heflin's camp. My dad said, "Where's the next meeting?" He had just was closing out revival, and he said, "So where's the next camp meeting? Who's doing the next so we can direct the people? How many still hungry for God?" And they all, he said, "I would stay." And he said, "But I've got to go to such and such and we got to set this." He had a 22,000 cedar tent with another 10 to 20,000 people standing outside. Now it didn't start at that size, but that's what it developed to. And he said, how many uh, want to continue? And they're all, yeah. And he said, well, I have to go, but somebody else is going to do something right. And he said, and about that time, uh, I forget who he, the uncle or the, or the one related to Ruth Heflin said, oh, at our place. Of course, he was arguing with the Lord before he even said it because the Lord said, you're, you're going to do it at yours. And he said, I don't have anything except for a piece of land and a bunch of trees. And he said, that's right, and you're next. And he goes, what? And so he said, I am, but it's going to be, I guess, outside. And then my dad said, well, I have the other tent that was the one that he uh, had just bought a bigger tent. So he said, I'm going to go ahead. I'm, not gi- I'm giving you the tent, but I'm not giving you the tent. And he said, what do you mean? He said, I'm giving you the tent, but I'm going to come take up the offerings. And that's what it'll be. Whatever the offerings are, the tent's paid for. And so that's what he did. And that's what started there. That's Now, I got this from the Ruth Heflin camp people who told me, David Henderson. He said, do you know how this all started? And I said, no. And he said, even pieces now when the tent got old and rotted, he said, we tore uh, cut them up for prayer cloths just like A.A. Allen did later on. Um, and he had strips of it and pictures in one of the places that he took and showed me. See, revival will continue when people are hungry for it. God's not holding revival back. He wants to revive, renew, refresh, restore. He wants you to want more of him. He said, deep cries out to deep. Amen? So, man, and who would have known? We we came for three days, and we thought on Monday we had packed up, was heading out, and went to meet. The pastor says, have you left yet? We said, no, this is here. And said, no, I said, let's eat for l- meat for lunch, which I was just getting acquainted with them and was enjoying their time. We, we knew it was awesome. I even told my husband, didn't say nothing to them. I said, we shouldn't have closed. God was, it was an awesome move of God. And we were eating, and the pastor finally, a- a- after the chit-chat a conversation, he said, said what would you think? And I said, I think it was great. And he said, well, what did you, he said, you feel that was revival? I said, oh, I know it was. And he said, well, should we? He said, you know, I was thinking maybe we shouldn't have closed. And I said, you're not going to believe it, but I just told my husband the same thing. And he said, well, can we continue? I said, yes. He said, all right. Sitting there, we got on Facebook and whatever else. And I thought, yeah, she did, he did. We were just sitting at the table. We didn't think hardly anybody would come because we had already told our goodbyes to everybody. We love you. We cried. We didn't want it to be over. Nobody did. We pulled up Monday night, and that bargain lot was pretty full. I said, people are hungry. And it just kept going every night. We wasn't even sure. We did Monday night. And then we said, well, he'd go over to Randy. What do you think? He said, let's keep going. What do you think? Let's keep going. This just went on and on. Three weeks that we went from three days to three weeks, I think is how it worked, and they kept going. I said, "Keep the fire burning. I'll be back." I had meetings that some of the pastors wasn't willing to let us go. That said, we've already advertised. You gotta come. I said, "All right, keep the fire burning on the altar. We'll be back." So they built a little altar up here. Uh, Mike did, and he put that fake fire and and the sticks up there. When I got back, they said, "It's still going." And we'd have to leave somewhere else and come back, and it would. It'd still be going. We'd just get right back in the middle of it with everybody. And I believe it kept going, like I said, either either Thanksgiving or Christmas. And the only reason they broke was for people for holidays. And it wasn't because Holy Spirit said, okay, well, you broke, I broke. Amen. We just sometimes we have schedules. We get busy. People get tired. Sometimes people stop revival. I was at a church where they did. You said, what? Yes, I was at a church. They were hungry for revival. They wanted revival. And revival came. And it was awesome. And the presence of God was strong in the glory. Now, I had never experienced in my own personal meetings, and I don't know how some of your feelings about this. I'm not trying to get in a discussion. But there was gold dust, and there were jewels, and there were diamonds that had fallen in certain places within the service. And this one person that was collecting some of the stones said, All I need is one other color. I'm about to have a mother's ring of all my It had the different colors that she needed. I'm like, okay, well, I want one. (laughs) I kept thinking I want one. And I thought, well, I'm not going to sit around the church and hunt because I hunt for him. I really do. I hunt for him. I don't hunt for diamonds. I don't hunt for jewels. I don't hunt for gold dust. I don't hunt for clouds and raining in the building. Even though those things happen, I don't run outside to make sure if the church is on fire because there have been fires where they're burning but the building isn't burning down i I don't hunt that though i still hunt him and i still hunt holy spirit but signs wonders and miracles do happen and he shows up in so many different ways that you just say wow i don't know that's why it's called a sign and a wonder (laughs) it makes you wonder what was that that was a sign Oh, well, I wonder how that, you can't make it happen. You can't eat, no matter how hard you try, you can't make it happen. And the pastor there was doing the same thing. Well, I think we need to go another night. And he said, if y'all don't want to come, I understand. I'm going to be here. My wife's going to be here. The evangelists are going to be here. We've already talked. We're going to go another night. This just kept going on for about, after we'd already been there a week, this just kept going every night. He said, okay, we're coming. Never was said we're going to go another week or two weeks. We just said, come back tomorrow night if you want more. And they'd pile back in the church the next night. More people would come. Even it's right by a college. Texas A&M College and we were staying in a hotel there and when we were there every night we'd have to go recheck back in for the next day telling them well we're staying over another day and, and so the pastor would run back down and said tell them just I'll be there tomorrow we'll get it taken care of but just tell them you're staying another day and finally this kid one of the kids who hadn't been there but he was a young person he said are you here because of that revival I said what yes You know, he said, we're hearing about it at the college. They wasn't coming, but word was already out in the town that even the college. And so the pastor was like, what's going on? They just was wanting revival for their church. They was not even thinking about the extension out. It's just they needed a refreshing, a restoring. You know, some of us with all this COVID, we need a refreshing. We need a restoring. We need a joy. We just need a fire. Woo! Amen. We've just had something just kind of throw a wet, wet blanket over us for a while. And we're ready to just dry that blanket out and throw it and let burn it up. Amen. And so what happened there was the people, some of them was getting tired, but they, and he kept telling them, if you're tired, you need to do laundry, whatever you need to do. If you need to skip a night, you need to skip a couple of nights, whatever you need to do. Every night he'd say another night, but if you don't want to come, we understand we're going to be here. Well, they came, but one, he was in praying and as he was in praying and crying out to God, and he was just getting ready because the worship leader had called and said they couldn't make it. And so sometimes he can play a keyboard and and put those whatever those videos up, and so he was kind of getting things lined up. He was going to do it, and he's worshiping God, and he heard some noise, doors opening and shutting, <clears throat> and all of a sudden somebody kind of stepped in and said, "Pastor, when you finished in here, we need to see you." And it was like here to there to a fellowship hall. And so he said, okay, he's praying. He said, it was so strong. Presence of God was so strong. He said, I didn't even want to get up, but I knew they were waiting on me. He said, God, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. And he said, when I stepped across that threshold, I felt the Holy Spirit. He said, no, no, where are you going? Don't go. He said, I knew. He just lifted out of the building. The minute I stepped across, and he said, I didn't even know what I was stepping into. And when I walked in, they said, we just want to know how much longer this is going to go. We just can't keep going every night like this. They'd already had a little committee meeting, some of the leaders, and decided to have a talk with the pastor. It was time to stop. And he said, he wept, and he cried, and he said, I thought y'all were ready for a revival. I thought that's all we've talked about for a year and a half, and now you're wanting to know when we're going to stop? He said he just left the building. I felt his presence leave the building. I didn't know that night. I came to church, and they're doing worship, and I fell in the floor weeping and crying. I didn't even know what it was all about. I'm just like, and, and finally it comes time. The worship's over, and I'm still in the floor. And my husband says, well, I don't know what's going on with her. He's trying to cover, thinking maybe, and she'll get up here in a minute, we're going to find out what's happening. He said, because I'm curious to know what's going on. I thought, I don't. And finally I'm, I'm trying. I'm getting myself up. I can't stop crying, and I get to the pulpit. And I can't stop crying. And I looked at them and I said, I have nothing. I don't know what's wrong. All I know is something is broken and Holy Spirit is weeping. Something has happened and I don't know what it is. And I I can't tell you. And the pastor said, I can. I can tell you what it is. And he said, we'll be closing the revival because my people don't want it no more. You see, people, sometimes you think you want something, and then when it begins to happen and you really get what you thought you want, but it's not what you planned out in your mind. See, you have this concept. Revival's not going to come the way you think it is. The revival's not set for your peaches and cream and that everything changes and, oh, now it's going to fix everything. Everything. Revival is to renew, refresh, restore. It's for lost souls to be saved. It's for people to get excited and on fire for God again. It's a stirring within the church. And revival starts in the church so that it can begin to go out here into the harvest fields after the souls. That's what it's for because then you get so excited of what's in you. People want what you got. They're like, whatever it is you got, I got to have that. Well, come on with me to church. You'll find out what it is. Amen. Sometimes you can't even wait to get them to church. You're so excited you just have to tell them right there. Well, let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what's going on. Amen. Pretty soon, here's come more. Revival's in the atmosphere. I'm telling you right now. Revival is stirring right now. Go ahead and say it. Revival begins in me. (laughs) Revival Begins in me. So go ahead, Lord. Pour it in. Because when you pour it in, we're going to pour it out. Amen. Because freely we receive, freely we give. Woo! I, I just, you know maybe it won't maybe it'll change everything I don't know I'm always ready to do what he wants some, most of you know me have impartation materials some of you may be new to me I'm Joanna Coe Herndon my father was Jack Coe had the largest tent in the world back in the 40s and 50s and as I said it held 22,000 with another 10 to 20,000 standing outside blind eyes open the lame walk the deaf here that's why I'm hungry for revival I've already tasted it. I've already been in it. I've already sat in the presence of it, and I don't want nothing less. I want the presence of God. I don't want some fake fire. I want the real fire. Two of them died with the false fire. Two of them died trying to put false fire on the altar. I want the real fire. I want to live. He said he come to give me life and life more abundantly, and I want to live. Amen. And so we have books back there, Curing the Incurable, Thy Dad wrote. And many people that had incurable diseases were healed when doctors said they're incurable. God says, Dr. Jesus says, not for me. Amen. And then, of course, A.A. A. Allen, they called it the ABCs of Revival, Allen, Branham, and Co. And he wrote the book, The Price of God's Miracle Power. And then my dad's book, who wrote his own life story book, who went from being an alcoholic, going into the army, locked up into nine different nut wards, and ended up with the largest tent in the world, traveling across the world, and, and the United States preaching. Revival, souls being saved. He wanted the miracles of the healing. You know why? People said, oh, because he wanted all those, which the devil's picking on people, sick people heal. No, he wanted souls to be reached. And he knew that if they could see the miracles of God, they would come to the altar. And they did by the thousands and gave their heart to God. And so this year I was in, yes, I was one of those January 6 boots on the ground in Washington, D.C., I was there, and they've been whining. All the things they they're they're trying to say is not true about a lot of things. There was not an insurrection from forty-fifth president. And a lot of those things. I I was close up. Even I don't know how God favor favor when I got there. Favor. I was in the inner part, probably about five seats back, over from where the president over to the left side where the president was speaking. I was that close. So, it, 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 was, it was awesome. But I was there, and when my husband even told me, because I thought he would tell me, me and my sister were talking, maybe we ought to go, maybe we ought to go. And I was talking to a few friends. And then their husband said, no, because there could be riots and burning of buildings. We don't want you to go. And so, I thought, well, he'll say the same thing. And he said, I feel like you're supposed to go. Really? Woo, okay. So, I'm trying to check on tickets, and it's like a week or two and I'm thinking oh tickets yeah tickets were like getting high I thought and I had already looked at them about a month before maybe two months before thinking about it but then it was like oh he's saying I can go and it's so close it's probably going to be too high and he's going to tell me never mind but it wasn't even the ticket So I'm looking at the ticket. Then somebody hears I'm coming and said, Would you come New Year's Eve and just speak for us? Come early, and you can go ahead and preach a few more nights here at our place. Well, then when that word got out that, Yes, I'll do that, somebody else heard and said, Well, come on down here to PA, and we'll pay your ticket that you're getting the ticket coming. And so God began to get the ticket paid for, churches lined up. And then on the 5th, I was able to go down with a bunch of Virginia women as well as other women for Trump and pray over the supreme court we stood at the supreme court and we prayed and we and they had speakers there and we declared things but a lot of it was just putting our hands toward the supreme court and praying and then on the 6th of course all we went to the but the reason i'm telling you all this on december 31st as i'm there to speak in this house meeting for new year's eve The Lord said, I said, Lord, I'm here for some other reason. I don't know what it's about, but I'm here for some other reason. I know it is not just for January 6th. I'm not here for that. What am I here for? And as the Lord began to show me, he said, remember on Facebook when that picture was going all around and people said, we want that again. We'd like to have that again. It was a picture of the the, uh, Capitol with my dad's tent and the crowd outside, and people were posting it on Facebook. And I said, yes. He said, it's in the book. He said, I want you to go where, he, where he had that meeting. I want you to go there to Washington, D.C. at the Capitol. You will find the location, some people will help you find where he was. And I want you to go stand there and uncap that well of revival. I got Coach Hills just telling y'all that. It's across, it's right there in front of the Capitol. And across from the Library of Congress and Catacorny Corner across from the Supreme Court where this tent stood. And thousands upon thousands of people came to the meeting. And you can pass the book around and look if you want. But you can see the crowd. You can see the tent. And you can see the Capitol. And as I went to that place. Before the 5th. And then on the 5th. I was able to stand there again. And on the 6th. But when I went to that place. I began to say God. I'm uncapping this well of revival. I'm taking all the dirt off. And I'm doing it. Because the Philistines has filled it full of dirt. Just like in Isaiah 26. When when uh. Abraham had the wells and then his son Isaac and he went and undug those wells and pulled the dirt off. And I began to say, I'm uncapping this well of revival. Because God, I know some people say it's going to start in Tennessee. Some say it's going to start in Kentucky. Some say it's going to start in Indiana. I don't care. It needs to start right here. Because there's a mess. Amen. And we need a mighty move of God. And so I was there, not for that, but now I know I was there because it's time for revival. God was saying, uncap the well of revival. Woo! I don't know about you, but I'm excited. And tonight, to feel y'all's excitement in this place, to know how that y'all are charged up like, let's go. I'm like, oh, Lord, they're already ready. Amen. So anyway, those things back there help keep us on the road. You go ahead and shop till you drop. They're there. They're CDs, DVDs. And uh, this helps keep us on the road as full-time evangelists and goes on the mission fields when they open up the countries again. All right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hand me my Bible. Thank you for listening. That's not the sermon. You're like, oh, no, more. More. <laughs> more. Lord,
2: I'm hungry. For a mighty move of gore. Lord, I'm thirsty. Pour out your Holy Ghost. Lord, I long to see the hand of gore Move mightily inside of me. I'M SO HUNGRY FOR YOUR MOVE, DEAR GOD, LORD, I'M STILL HUNGRY, OH YES I AM, FOR A MIGHTY MOVE OF GOD, LORD, I'M STILL THIRSTY, POUR OUT YOUR HOLY GHOST, lord i long to see the hand of god move mightily inside all of us tonight cause we're hungry do you hear us do you see do you realize we're so hungry for your move For your move, dear God, for I long to see the hand of God, I don't know about you, but I do, move mightily inside every one of us tonight and every night. Because we're hungry, do you hear us, Lord? We're so hungry for your move, (laughs) for your move, dear God.
1: Holy Spirit, I ask your help. Let the words that I speak be the words you want spoken tonight. Stir our hearts, O God. We will not leave the same way we came, but there will be such a feeling and a, in feeling a thrill, such a joy and such a peace that we have been refreshed, renewed, refired. Some are here that has said they've lost hope. Some are here with sickness, disease. Some are here with lost loved ones crying out. That knowing that any moment you could break open the eastern skies and come back. And some of our family won't make it if they don't get right with God. And that breaks our heart. But yet we come hungry and thirsty. And even say, even so, Lord Jesus, come. We're not saying delay your coming. We're not saying we're not ready. We're saying even so, Lord Jesus, come. But until that day you do come, put a hunger and a burning in our hearts for the lost, put a burning and a hunger inside of us for sick bodies to be healed and people to be delivered put the church back on fire, let the church be the church you've called us to be, this is not some social club, but it's a house of prayer, it's a house that's called God's house and it's a place where God dwells inside his people and he comes in visitations and habitations with with us, We want it. We want it. The visitations, the habitations. We want it all. In Jesus' name. Amen. Huh. I guess if I would title my message tonight, I would title it, What's Your Mouth Set For? What you got your mouth set for? You know, as I was trying to think about, Lord, what do you, you want to do tonight? With all the distractions we had today, I thought, oh, Lord, I don't know what we're going to do tonight. What do you want? I'm praying and I'm crying. What do you want, Lord? What do you want to say to your people? What do you want to do? And he said, what do you want? And I said, oh, God, I want revival. I want to see you move. I I, I want I mean, I don't even say it has to be like it was last time when it started in 2009. Just do whatever. Move on the people. Stir our hearts, oh God. Change our hearts, oh God. Let us leave different than we came. Let us know that we've been in the presence of the Lord and we leave saying like David, I was glad. I was thrilled. I was overjoyed, excited to be in the house of the Lord. It was awesome. And then I began to realize, what's my mouth set for? See, there's some things that don't happen because we don't have our mouth set for it. We sure do know what we want sometimes when we're hungry. We sometimes get our mouth set for some things that we want. But sometimes we also settle for some things we don't want. You know, sometimes being on the road traveling, he knows when I'm getting really hungry. Because I'll be telling him earlier on I'm hungry or this or that. And but when I start saying there's some McDonald's, he knows I'm really hungry. Because McDonald's is not really where I want to go. I'm not about the happy meal. I don't even care what toy, but the kids love it. And so sometimes it's nice to take my kids there, my grandkids and and things, and my great-grandkids, but for me. If I start saying I want McDonald's, I'm settling for something I don't want to settle for. And some people, that's what they're doing. I have found out in churches, we're settling for things we don't need to be settling for. If we get our mouth set for something, that's what we're going to want. And we're not going to be satisfied till we get it. Amen. Psalms 23 5 says, He prepares a table in the presence of mine enemies. That means the table's already set. He knew who was going to be here tonight. He knew who liked fried chicken. He knows who likes turkey. He knows who's on a diet tonight and who's not. He knows how many want pies, cherry pie, apple pie. They don't, I mean, chocolate pie, peanut butter pie. What? <laughs> That's enough. All of them. Oh, yeah, your mouth's getting set for something, isn't it? Mashed potatoes and salad and cream gravy and biscuits, home. I mean all of a sudden you're like, whoo, he knows what you want. The table has been set. That means healing is in the house, deliverance is in the house, salvation is in the house, joy is in the house, peace is in the house, fire is in the house, changes is in the house because the table is set and we can either come and eat at the table and enjoy every bit of it or we can leave and leave a lot lot behind. Now, I'm one of those that I'm going to eat it all. What I can't eat, I'll get a doggy bag. You done that? Gone to those restaurants and asked for that doggy bag? Yeah. You know it ain't for the doggy. You'll even be barking for it later. <laughs> woof, woof, I want that. Amen. Because you said it was so good, I, I just couldn't eat it all, but I didn't want to leave it behind. Now, when something ain't that good and they come and ask me, do I need a to-go thing? I'm like, no, it's okay, thank you. I left it, first of all, because I didn't like it as much. And then I don't even want to take it with me. You can have it back. Amen. And so I got to thinking about that. Because the Bible says, taste and see the Lord. He is good. This is Psalms 34 and 8. Taste and see. When you've tasted the Lord, the Holy Spirit moving in your life, you have to have it again. And again. And again. I'll never forget the first time me and my husband was in Richmond, Virginia. And there by the airport, now there's a lot more restaurants now, but when we first started to go in there, there wasn't anything, Harley. A shopping center and a, a restaurant or two. And that was it. There wasn't much to find, to move around, to look for. But we went into this place that said Longhorn Steakhouse. Now, they weren't all over the place back then. This, I don't know how long back that was, but it was quite some time back. And so we said, well, that says steakhouse. We like steaks. We could try it. And so we pull into this Longhorn Steakhouse, and I thought, well, I'm not really in the mood for salmon, but it says it's lower in calories, so I'm going to try the salmon. And he got him a good old prime rib or whatever it was, a big old steak. And, oh, I'm telling you, every bite just watered in our mouth. I mean, even my salmon, and usually salmon's fishy, and that's one of the things I ask them, is your salmon fishy? And they look at you funny when you ask about, is fish fishy? But there is a difference for those of you who know. There is fishy fish. I don't care. And I know it's, they say, well, it's supposed to be fishy. No, it isn't. Not on my tongue. <laughs> no, I don't like it. And it wasn't. It was so delicious. And so they, I was like, so the next day he said, well, where do you want to eat? And I said, I want to go back to Longhorn. I want to taste all that again. I don't know exactly what I want, but there was a whole lot more to pick on that menu. But what I tasted yesterday was so good, I want to go back. And so we went back, and the salad was just as good, everything. Well, every day he'd say, and every day I'd say, I want to go back. And he'd say, Me too, but I just didn't thought you'd get tired. I'm not getting tired. Let me tell you, when God begins to move in your church, you ain't gonna get tired of it. You're gonna say, No, I want to go back again. I gotta taste that again. I gotta get in his presence again. That tastes too good. I don't want to miss whatever's going on. And there must have been some flavors of something I didn't try. And I want to go see what else is on the menu because if he's prepared the table in the presence of mine enemies, he set the course of the action of the menu for tonight I want to get in line for the buffet because there's some things I didn't get to pick last night I can pick tonight and there's some things the night before that I saw that I didn't get I can get by going back it's there what's your mouth set for I'll never forget my husband we were hungry and we were in a hurry and needed to get some stuff and I said what you want to eat And he said, I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I said, oh, okay, that's real simple. So I go over and I open up a big can of tuna and drain all the stuff, I mean chicken salad, drain all the stuff off, chop up up celery, chop up onions, chop up grapes, put nuts in. He calls it a foo-foo chicken salad, just kind of those prim and proper places that have all this stuff thrown in there that's just like, as he said, you know, most chicken salads you just think, Okay, you know, put some mayonnaise on it and something else and let's go. But, no, I've got to put in the onions and the celery and, and all of this stuff, and, and especially the grapes. I have to taste the grapes to make sure they're good. Everything has to be good. The celery's got to be fresh. And, and then I, you mix all that up with it. And so I fixed that sandwich. And I said, he loves my chicken salad. And so I fixed it up after I'd done all that. It took a little while and got his sandwich and big old, you know, you know how you make them thick. Made a thick sandwich for him and set it down in front of him with some chips, and he ate it. And I said, was that good? He said, very good, honey. You always make great chicken salad. I said, you want another one? He said, no. I said, are you full? He said, no. because I mean, it takes more than one sandwich to fill him up sometimes. I said, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, you don't want another chicken salad? He said, no. I said, well, what do you want? He said, I want a peanut butter and jelly. I said what well, he said that's what I wanted but you fixed me this, and I thank you. But really, I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. See, his mouth was already set for that peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But I thought I could get him to accept something else. I thought I can make something better that will get your mind off of the peanut butter and jelly. And you will accept this because it's got a whole lot of work put into it. There's a whole lot of churches putting a whole lot of work into stuff that thinks they're going to make it better for you, make it enjoyable for you. And you're just saying, if you'll just... Just give me that peanut butter and jelly. If you just give me what God's got, I know it's going to be more than enough. And you don't have to work as hard to put everything together you're trying to put together. Just slap some of that Holy Ghost and fire and put on some of that jelly of His presence and start eating because it tastes good. But we're going to try to be in the middle of it. That's a problem with man. Man's got to get in the middle of it. They got to think, we're involved. We're doing this. We got so many programs and how to do things that we're missing out what God's doing. And he's saying, what's your mouth set for? What are you really wanting? You know, you ever got your mouth set for something and, and there's certain restaurants you like to go to. Maybe it's even things at home. Maybe some of you don't go to restaurants. We travel a lot, so I, we know restaurants. Even the fast food. <laughs> and that's when I have to settle for something else. And that's what's wrong with the churches today. They're having to settle for the drive through the something else. <laughs> and it ain't just because of COVID. They were settling for that before COVID came along. They were going through the drive through and pushing the button, wanting something in a hurry. And they wanted God to do everything in a hurry. But my Bible says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. What's wrong with the church today? I'm tired. I'm weary. Why, why didn't you just wait? Well, because we got to be in on time and out by 9. I got this and that to do. I got other things. I don't know how some people are making it on one meal a week. They did tell you I was an evangelist, so in case you was wondering, you're a little harder on us than the pastor. Yeah, I can whip you and leave town. I get the belt out and wear you out, and then we're gone. And the pastor has to come along with Vaseline and ointment and Band-Aids and say, "No, no, no, now, now, now. what they said' is true, but it's OK, you'll feel a little better. I say, no. If God whips something out, then let it be out. People are so busy trying to whip it back in. When he came along and said, my house shall be called a house of prayer, and you made it a den of thieves, and he whipped it out of the church, he meant for it to be whipped out. He didn't mean for you to go chasing it out and saying, oh, let's see if we can get them back. And they're like, I don't know. I remember that spanking I got. I don't know, pastor. It's okay. Just come on back. It won't be as bad. I know, but that sure hurt when I got whipping and got run out. Oh, that hurt. Yeah, it sure did, and God wants it out. Just like he wants it out of your life. Things in your life he's trying to whip out and you're just holding on to it. He says it's time to get the junk out of the trunk so you can be the church I called you to be. I'm sorry, Pastor. I guess I'm a little rougher than, I don't know what happened, COVID, I guess. Everybody blames it on COVID. Why can't I? (laughs) You know, if a little tiny virus like that can do this much, think what a tiny, tiny mustard seed of faith can do. Woo! I'll put my mustard seed up against your virus and let's see what. Woo! I'm going to show you something that'll spread. I'm going to show you something that's going to run rapid. In fact, my little tiny mustard seed can make a mountain get out of the way. Well, let me see your coronavirus, your little virus. Can it make a mountain get out of the way? No, it only makes a mountain of people fighting each other. Amen. Well, I got something moves mountains. Whoo! and it's exciting and it's something that I want to eat every day faith growing inside of me because I've got my mouth set for faith I got my mouth set for joy I got my mouth set for fire and Holy Ghost I got my mouth set for Jesus and I'm not looking to the signs but I'm looking to him who brings the signs and wonders and amazement and he gets me more hungry every time he does it it's like can we have that again that's what we we're all saying when we came back. Thank you for being here. I forgot to thank you all. Thank you. You didn't have to be here. So thank you so much. It's good to see new faces, but it's good to see faces I know. And I am ready for this place to just be pouring to the altars. And people, I remember during when I first came, I didn't even tell people to do that. It was something y'all were doing in this church. Y'all used to pile up here at the front. And there would not be room for some people. Cause everybody was up here worshiping. Now we sit back and watch those who come up and worship. And I was watching her; it's so exciting. And her reminded me of the two ladies that used to sit over there. I call them the fire ladies from uh, Leah and, and James's church. I said, "Well, they got two. Is, are they from your church?" This one is kinda. Yeah, this one. Yeah. Well, anyway, there's now that we got two more fire starters in here. I was watching them starting fire up here. They said, y'all ain't going to do it. We're going to get something going. We're going to wave flags. We're going to flop this towel around, whatever it was. I don't know that. Something's going to happen. You can get under it. You can just look at us. But we're going to have fun. And I thought they're having more fun than all of us. And we we're all just like, ah. Oh. And I'm thinking, that's how it used to do. Nobody even looked. Nobody had time to look at anybody else because some of them were in the altar crying and praying. Some of them were up here waving flags. Some of them was running and jumping. And then y'all all took off running. I said, whoo, God, you're up to something. You're up to something again. These people came Ready. Yeah, we're not gonna sit back. Our mouth is set. <laughs> and those that didn't, we're talking to you about getting your mouth ready for what's coming. Get your mouth set for what God's. What is your mouth set for? Are you set to see the hand of God move mightily? Are you set to see miracles, signs, and wonders? Are you set to see salvations and people's hearts and lives change and people surrender themselves to Jesus? I, I, one thing can get me so upset. I get my mouth set in the natural now. We're going back to the natural. We can get to, and say, oh, let's go eat here. You got certain restaurants you like, certain favorite places, right? And so your mind's already thinking about that particular thing you're going to get. Like, if it's cotton patch, they have these great big, which I don't know if y'all have cotton patch, but their chicken fried steak is about that big around. I mean, you can have two or three meals out of it. It's about that thick. Of course, I can't have it now that we've decided to try to go on a diet. That's a cuss word. I shouldn't say it. But But you get there, and they tell you they're out of them. Now, you're trying to look at the menu to find something else and nothing because your mouth was already set for that chicken fried steak. And so you finally settle for something, and you say, well, that was okay. They say, how was your meal? Fine. I sure wished you'd have had that chicken fried steak. And you go home thinking about it. You go home complaining, you know, and it's like, well, do you want to fix one? No, I don't want to cook. That's why I went out. <laughs> so you think, okay, next week, where do you want to go? Well, you know, I never did get that chicken fried steak, so let's go back. And you go in, and this time they tell you it's not on the menu you're looking all over the menu ma'am excuse me excuse me uh I can't find your Monday night chicken fried steak special in fact I can't find it even not a special I mean where is it on the menu oh well we just don't carry that no more well I don't know about you I want yeah it's by, but you know what I do first let me speak to the manager. Because I said, well, what, is, what do we need to do to get this back on? Well, you can file with corporate office. You can do this, you know, and tell them. I said, uh, is there a manager here? Yeah, I would like to speak to the manager. And the manager will come out, and you say, you know, I, I, I was here last week, and it, y'all ran out. Now, this week, you don't have it on the menu. And don't tell me it's because the trucks ain't running. Because you took it off the menu. That's the other thing now. They're telling me at restaurants. Well, because of COVID, we just can't get it in. What? Well, the COVID and the trucks can't get it in. Well, do you know how to get a hold of a good old grandma who knows how to cook? Just go up to that grocery <laughs> store. And I can tell you what, I can help you dip some in that batter, and I can show you how to get something whooped out here pretty fast. See, when your mouth's set for something, nothing, I mean, you're going to be a little cranky. You're not going to be too happy. You're not going to be. A, that's why sometimes there ain't nice Christians sometimes. I guess they got their mouth set for something and they didn't get it, so they just leave church and you're like, what? And the, and the pastor's going, what? And the, well, it just went on the menu today. Well, you know what? Quit blaming the pastor. If you want it on the menu, it can be there because you're looking for it and it will be there. Because God wants you to have it. He's not holding it back. So to sit there and blame some Well, if Sister Sarah would have kept her hands down today and quit asking questions and shouting every two seconds, making noise. I could have got something out of that service today. Amen. Well, your mouth wasn't set for what, just what you thought. Stay in your lane. I'll stay in my lane. Excuse me. There was a place every year my mother would ask me, and I may have shared this before, and y'all be patient with me, but my favorite place, it was called Southern Kitchen. And it was a place of great atmosphere. They had the red velvet curtains with the little gold tassels that come around it. They had a violin player. They had a uh, baby grand piano that somebody sat at and played in the center of the whole restaurant. And now, we're just talking about the atmosphere. The atmosphere was so great. They had the lights turned down low. They had candles on the table and the cloth napkins. My husband always laughs at me because I like to go to the restaurant with cloth napkins. You know? They can laundry them. I mean, we can ask for a few paper ones, and that's fine, too. But when I go to a nice restaurant put the cloth on my lap or give me some cloth to put on my lap and don't give me a, um, a white one to put on black because then all of a sudden you got all those little white specks all over it you know anyway that's another sermon and you sit there and and it's beautiful but the thing is it's even from the time the doors open of the atmosphere there's a little hostess standing there and If you've been there a lot of times, they know your name. And if they don't, they're still, hi, how are you? It's so great to have you here at Southern Kitchen. And how many in your party? And did you call ahead? Well, we always called ahead because we had 15 to 20 people who went with us for my birthday. It was special. And I called all these people and everybody, when they heard Southern Kitchen to go and those who didn't if they were new to it heard about it and then they wanted to go can we go next time you have your birthday at southern kitchen we'll pay our own way we just want to go amen and so then the hostess said oh yes your party yes we have that and they bring you and then you have that waiter or waitress that you just know is so attentive to you they get your tea on time and things are served hot that's what tip means tip means to ensure promptness It's not to make that waiter or waitress smile at you because they're having a bad day and, well, if I'll give them a tip, I'll make them feel better. No, that tip means to ensure promptness. That's what tip means. And they do that. And so you're like, so you don't mind leaving a good tip for a big group. And you get at this place, and you've told your friends who've never been there, you're going to love this place because they start off with all the shrimp, boiled shrimp you can eat, all the boiled crab you can eat, and all the bull besides crab meat, what's the other thing they boil? There's three fishes. I mostly eat the shrimp and the crab meat. That's why I remember it. And you can eat it till you're full, but that's not over. That's just the start. Then they bring a salad, which like, okay, put my salad to the side because you're fixing to bring out a whole lot more. They bring out fried chicken, fried fish, uh, all kinds of different fried fish. They bring out all kinds of vegetables, which you kind of skip those two and you just dig into the meat. And then... They have these sweet roses that they make off of their bread that are to die for. By then, you're so full. You're goofy full. I mean, like, so full. Uh, me and my aunt one time, because we wanted more, and we wanted those sweet rows, And she said to me, if you bounce up and down in your chair, you can get your food to go down. And you can get more room. So we're all bouncing up and down in our chair. I got to thinking, you know, that's probably what some people's doing in church. <laughs> Woo! I want some more of that. They're trying to make room to get more in. Amen. But when you get there and they tell you that the waiter or waitress you have is not going to be able to help you. You kind of get over that, but you're not happy about it. But you get over that. But when they tell you things are not on the menu, that's different. You're saying, no, I want that crab meat and I want that shrimp. Well, I'm sorry. Well, what do you have? Because we went all day to save room so that we could eat. But we, our stomachs are empty. Well, we have these nice juicy cheeseburgers. Fine, bring us that and fries. Amen. And we settle for something we shouldn't have. And now because sometimes they got to where, well, now Southern Kitchen isn't around. I'm telling you, some churches aren't around. And some more are not going to be around. And it ain't because of COVID. <laughs> they didn't have anything to begin with. And if they don't get things set in their mouth for the people, they're not still going to have anything. And people, you're not going to have anything if you don't have your mouth set for what you come to church to get. What you set your mouth for is what you're going to receive. If you said, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to worship because I'm going to get more Him and I'm going to pray and I'm going to find out what God wants to do in my life, my mouth is set for revival. My mouth is set for a move of God. I'm here to tell you when I began to realize that, I thought, my mouth is set for the presence of God, the fire of God, the joy of God, come on down. So I'm not going to be happy until it is. Because my mouth's already set for it. So y'all are all in trouble. (laughs) Because I'm going to say to me, manager, God, we got to talk. We want it on the menu. One thing that burns me up is when they tell me it's not on the menu anymore. That's what's wrong with the church today. Things have been taken off the menu. It's not on the menu anymore. I came to church, I need somebody to pray for me, I need heal. Oh, we don't do that here anymore. He doesn't heal now like he did over 2,000 years ago. And our church really doesn't believe in those kind of things. So, you know, but thank you for coming in. But we'll, we'll say a prayer for you. My Bible says, lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, cleanse the leop- leopards, raise the dead. Too many churches because things weren't happening, preachers quit doing it because they thought they were the healer. Well, I came, I prayed for people, and they didn't get healed, so it must not be. No, you're not the healer. You keep praying for people. If you pray for a thousand people before one finally gets healed, you're doing your job. You're not the healer. He's the healer. And so I've been upset when I go to churches because I said, God, they need to get it back on the menu. I'm going to talk to pastors. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to talk to churches. And I'm going to tell them, my mouth is set for you. And if it's not on the menu, I'm going to tell them, it's time to get it on the menu. I want to see prayer on the menu. I want to see miracles. I want to see joy. I want to see healing and deliverance and salvation. I want to see hearts and lives change and people getting rid of sin in their life instead of accepting it. It's time to get it back on the menu, church. And I'm looking for it to be on the menu. Mary and Martha, one was cooking and the other was at his feet. What kind of hunger are you? What is your mouth set for? Is it for cooking or sitting at his feet? They that wait Upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. (laughs) It's not Burger King, have it your way. It's God's way or the highway. Amen. Amen. And it's time. Besides that, Burger King can't even decide. They go from crowning all kinds of things to him and her and it and that. and So it's king of kings. And we have it his way. There's only one way. There's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is death. That's what the Bible says. A way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is death. The only way is God's way, church. I'll close with this. I was taking home economics, and so I told my mom I was going to bake a cake. I think this is my junior, senior year in high school. And because I think at first they had sewing and then later it became food. I liked it better than the sewing. <laughs> Just no flavor in sewing. You can tell. I mean, I like food. That's the same with God. I want people to know. I want them to see I love God. See, you can see I like food. It's obvious. We like food. I want people to know we love God. <laughs> I want it to be obvious wherever I go that people say, ooh that girl she loves god yes i do I, woo, he makes me laugh he makes me cry he sets my sinful soul on fire i love god yeah. so i decided to bake this cake i don't even remember the i think it was a vanilla cake with white icing and was gonna put some coconut on top and you know you follow the recipe and i followed the recipe and i thought and so I baked it up. Oh, it was pretty. And I put that icing on. It was beautiful. I mean, the perfect looking cake. It looked delicious. And I'll never forget when everybody and I'm showing everybody in the family and the grandparents came over and I baked the cake. And Mama says, Now for dessert, we're going to eat Joanna's cake. Yeah, my cake. And I mean, it was so good looking. It was beautiful. Perfect. We cut into that cake and everybody's getting to bite. And nobody's eating anymore and finally I get a bite and I'm not eating anymore I said uh y'all okay is it taste okay oh it's good Joanna because mother would have killed him for being hateful to me saying yuck what are you doing and I said no it's not good it tastes like soap and they're like, well, that's what I wanted to say. It tastes like soap. And so we're all like, it tastes like soap. And mom says, y'all behave. That no, mama, it's okay. It does. It tastes like soap. I mean, you don't have to try to eat it. And the grandparents are over there just eating it up. And, and in fact, they took it home with them. I said, fine, you can have the rest. We don't want it. But I got to thinking about that. Something was wrong in the ingredients, and I didn't realize that. Sometimes we're getting things wrong in the ingredients. The word's all spelled out, but we kind of change things. We kind of add something in or take something out that shouldn't be taken out. That's why it don't taste right. It looks good. You can go to churches that look good, they smell good, they do all that, That's good. Oh, yeah, that's good. Did you see what they do in this nice? And it all looks good till you start tasting. When you get into a place where it really tastes good, it may look like have you ever made one of those cakes and it's all falling apart? You even made the lasagna or anything and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. This is it's horrible. And everybody's over there picking out on it. I don't care what it looks like. It tastes good. We're trying to make everything look so right and so perfect and it's so beautiful and ain't tasting good at all. We just come in and enjoy Him. We just come in and get into His presence. It ain't that perfect. We ain't that perfect church. We don't have all the perfect people, but we love God. And we got things on the menu that we're going to keep on this menu. So if you want to come to this house, we're going to pray for the sick. We're going to cast out devils. We're going to cleanse the leopards. We're going to raise the dead. When you come to this church, we're going to shout, Rawr! Or however you say it. We're gonna blow the horn. We're gonna run when it says, I am free to run. I am free to dance. I am free to live. Come on. Because it's on the menu and we are not going to let it get off the menu because our mouth is set for it and we're not accepting anything less because we're the church of the living God and we believe in the fire and the joy and the presence. And because we do, he's reviving, renewing, refreshing, restoring. And tonight he's going to restore joy on people who's lost joy tonight. He's going to restore mindset on people and he's going to get your mouth taste buds set For more of him like you've never desired. Stand with me please. We're going to come into this place. During these next meetings. And I want you to start getting your mouth set for what God wants. I don't want you to set your mouth for. Well I sure hope Susie gets to sing a special. I sure hope somebody will do this this way. No, you know what I hope? I hope somebody loses it and rolls all over the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope Sister Gatlin Gun gets off and goes, and shoots everybody in the place with their finger. I hope it gets so much so that they're spinning like tops and they can't stop. <laughs> Woo! Place looks like popcorn because people's jumping up and down and some of them sitting in their seats trying to make more room so they can get more of him. I'm setting my mouth for the things of God. And I'm going to eat from this table. And if you don't eat it all, I'll take yours. I'll grab what's left behind. Because he's going to sit a different table every night. And everything he's got set for tonight, I want it. And when I leave, I'm going to take with me what I can't eat. And I'm going to take yours too if you didn't need it. But if the table's empty because we're all so full and we've all got it. You can leave out of here saying I'm so full I can't put a peppermint in my mouth. I'll pop. <laughs> Woo, what happens when you get that full? People be saying, you've been with Jesus. Something's wrong with you. You act different. (laughs) Yeah, hot dog, I got it. I feel good. I feel great. I feel terrific. Today is the first day of the rest of my life because I've been in the presence of the most high God. And I've got joy, joy, joy. I got fire. And hot dog, I got it. We want a hot dog, get it and keep it. So, yeah, my mouth is set to watch y'all all get silly for Jesus. My mouth is set for fiery hands. We call them water hose hands. Yeah, you ever let a water hose go, it goes wild. <laughs> That's why most men hold them, or women, so that water hose won't go crazy. Well, you won't be able to stop your water hose hands when God gets a hold of them. Amen. Because my mouth's set for it. Not because I want to see you running and spinning and rolling in the floor. I do. I do want to see that. But it's because God's changing something. He's doing something. And when people say, oh, I can't believe what are they doing there. Pastor will be saying two weeks later, I'll tell you that was God. Because that person, first of all, wouldn't have done that. And secondly, they're not acting the same. Amen. It's not a show. And I'm hungry. I'm hungry.
2: So when God said, what do you want? I said, I want your fire. I want a move of God. I want
1: you. And I won't settle for anything less because my mouth's already set for it, church. It's already ready for it. And when it's so good, I'm going to come back the next night. Not just because I'm the speaker, because I can promise you, I'll just sit here and soak it in. I let Holy Ghost, I thought she was going to take off, and I thought, go for it. Go, Leah, go. Just take off and let them all follow you. Let's go wild. I loved it. I was like, Yeah, I don't have to speak, I promise you. I'd be like, Yeah, woo, that's what I want. That mouth was set for that. I was like, Okay, let's just pump up more. Not because I don't want fake. She was so excited, she's about ready to take off. She's a rocket. She thought, Oh, I gotta, I got I to gotta stop because there's a speaker i got to stop because, you know, i got to sit down. My time's up. I don't know what church you're coming to, but I come to tell you it's okay here. It's okay. Take off. It's okay tomorrow night. Take off. Let's go to the top. Sometimes during that revival when I was here, we went an hour and a half sometimes, almost two hours once in a while, and we didn't care. Sometimes we didn't even have preaching. We were just all in the altars. Because God was moving. He'll move through worship. He'll move through preaching. He'll move through somebody just reading a scripture or somebody giving a testimony. So come ready. Go ahead. Get your mouth set. What's your mouth set for? Get it ready. Some of y'all, come on. You're too grown up. That's what's wrong with you. Now, get, come on, do it with me. There you go. Woo! <laughs> okay, this side did good. Yep, y'all are doing better. This side. There you go. What's your mouth set for? I'm ready to see it on the menu. How about you? And if you want it on the menu, God's going to put it on the menu. He said, what? Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So it's not that hard. All we got to do, I'm asking. Hallelujah. Come on, shout.
2: Shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord. Woo.
1: Robo, oh, hey, hey. hey.